0: This show is distributed by some clubs.
1: Welcome to episode two hundred of Texing. Not hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. To celebrate
2: 200 episodes of Texing, we wanted to acknowledge the women who helped us get here. They say behind every techie is a good woman. Here are three of the best, Sherry Walling, Sandy Roberts, and Georgie Wissen vincent In this show, our better halves talk about what it's like to be married to a tech entrepreneur.
1: Hello. Hi, Sandy. Hey. Hi. (laughs) How's it going? Wait, who are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> anyone.
2: We have anyone. to get used to this this kind of
1: recording thing. I know. Wow, the sound is really good on these things. It feels <laughs> like uh, it's like uh, Dolby Digital or something like that.
3: It <laughs> like sounds it's the, the movie theater version. Yes,
1: yes. Boy, oh boy. I don't know. Are we ready to get started? I don't know how this... Who, who wants to do the introduction? Uh, Georgie, sh- doesn't Justin usually introduce the show yeah what he'll do is we can start any way we want and then he'll
2: go back and edit it and he's going to do the introduction that he normally does which is like welcome to episode 200 of tech zing hosted by myself Uh justin vincent and jason roberts see i have that memorized you know how many of these podcasts i've listened to Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: and then he'll say today we're not on the show today is about the wives dishing about their (laughs) tech husbands (laughs) or partners
3: okay Well, why don't you start it off then, Georgie? Sounds like you got it down. Yeah. Um, Um, I
2: don't know if I have it down. I mean, I I would say I've thought a lot about what it means to be married to a tech guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I guess I have questions for you gals about it and and also about like being married to an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um, who happens to be involved in tech and, and the Internet um, because I've always kind of felt like I was the only one out there. I don't know why I felt like that, but yeah. it, it is a kind of unique, I think, mm-hmm. relationship to be in and, you know, without being too serious about it. Um, I think there's a lot of like, maybe people listening to the show also mm-hmm. have partners who have gone through similar things. And so I, I'm curious to know how you two, yeah. you two ladies deal with, uh, these types of situations. So, right. Well, should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Now I'm supposed to say
1: something? Something. Something <laughs> hit the record button and then start talking. <laughs> well,
2: we're already recording, oh so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Justin
2: has pushed record and walked out like he said he was going to, so... Oh, really? I mean, basically, I think he'll probably just splice in the intro that I just did, and then mm-hmm. we can kind of take it from here, but um, Sandy, I liked your idea about just introducing ourselves okay. and saying a little bit why, about why we're talking today.
1: I'm Sandy Roberts, and I'm Jason's wife. And we've been married for almost 13 years. Our anniversary is coming up, actually. And Congratulations. Uh, we have three kids. Uh, Colby, I'm sure everyone is very familiar with. He's uh, almost eight. Izzy is six. And Lee is four and a half. Mm. And um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I used to be a wedding planner, actually, before we had kids. Uh, and how I spend my time now is I'm currently president of the Junior League of Pasadena, which is a volunteering organization for women. And that's pretty much how I spend my time. How did you meet Jason? Oh, we met in college, actually. Um, we we're both on the track team. He was always injured. I never, ever saw him compete. <laughs> um <laughs> He, I saw him in the training room a lot getting ice and wraps and stuff like that. But uh-huh. isn't that funny? I've actually never seen him compete. Um, but <laughs> that's 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 how we met. I was a freshman and he was a senior. It was at University of Chicago. Huh. So you were just kind of
2: walking by the training room while you were about to compete. And then you you just met him that way.
1: Um, how we actually met was I was a Prosby. uh, it was before I started and when I was considering going to university of Chicago. And uh, so I stayed with one of the girls in the track on the track team and stayed in her dorm room who happened to be friends with Jason. And he just stopped by and we figured this out later. Neither of us made the connection at the time, but that was when I first met him. But mm. when I first actually saw him, was it was after practice one time and he was lounging upstairs in the field house and I had to talk to coach uh, about something. And so I see him lounging there and I I think he followed me home. We lived in the, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I know. We lived in the same dorm and uh, I think that he spotted me at the bus stop to get back to the dorm. It was off campus and Took the seat across the aisle from me, and the rest is history. Oh, that's a, that's a cute story, actually. Yeah. Uh,
3: and it's about to get a little bit creepy, because oh. I met Rob hmm. on the track team at oh. Davis. I was Whoa. He was a senior. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. He was always injured. I never saw him run. No.
1: Have you guys met? <laughs> we have actually. Okay.
2: And you didn't know that about each other. That no. is so incredible. Yeah,
1: That's really funny.
2: Wow. And did you know that they were I mean, were they into like doing the type of work that they're doing now when you guys met them, or is that something that developed later?
1: There was no internet back then. Oh. I mean you're, I You're
2: dating yourself, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. I know. No, when we were in college, um, I think it wasn't until later in our college careers that you know you get like the intercollegiate email account uh-huh, and uh-huh. um it was uh, on some sort of a linux server yeah uh it was very very basic but yeah there was um that, yeah that was uh it was a long time ago but um so we did there was no tech but i remember him studying c the language c because he was working in trading after he graduated um and so he was programming using c remember seeing those books around. <laughs> All right.
2: All right. Great. Um, Sherry, do you want to say a little bit more about yourself?
3: Sure. Um, so I am married to Rob Walling, who um, blogs at Software by Rob and um, startups for the rest of us. And um, we have been married for 12 years. We have two little boys. Uh, Gaffin is um, six and Fisher is two. And, um, when I am not um, being wife to the techie and mother to the boys, I'm a clinical psychologist. So I've been a, a college professor for the last three years, and um, I run a, a clinic where I train um, train upcoming psychologists. So mm. um, I'm busy in my in my own work <laughs> as well as the family work. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, yeah. do you work at home? Um. Sometimes. I work at home like maybe one day a week. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm usually at the clinic or the the office. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Well, Sherry, um, I'm just going to like say a little bit about myself because I didn't meet my husband on the track team, (laughs) but I did go to UC Davis for my bachelor's degree. Yes. (laughs) I did study psychology there. Um, and I'm a psychotherapist as well, but I'm a marriage and family therapist. By the way, uh, this is Georgie Wissen. I'm married to Justin Vincent. I'm currently practicing as a therapist in LA, although we've moved around a lot over the last year, as Justin has talked about on texting. Mm -hmm. Um, we finally settled back down in Pasadena. Um, we're living just a hop, skip and a jump from Jason and Sandy now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm also like, Trying to figure out whether I'm doing private practice and gathering clients and things like that. Um, so really, just getting settled back in over here. Um, but it sounds like all three of us have some similarities going on, other than having the husbands that we have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, what What was the move like, Georgie? Do you mean which one? Do you mean because oh. <laughs> we've done so many? <laughs> haven't, haven't you guys moved like five times within the last couple of years? I think
2: it's been something like seven times in the past four years. Um,
1: Justin and I have been
2: married for four years. Um, We were married over in London and I was studying in London, um, doing a a master's degree in child psychology um, and play therapy over there. Um, And then we moved here and subsequently lived, kind of bounced around LA for a while. And then we moved to Savannah, Georgia Um, which we pretty quickly discovered Savannah wasn't going to be our forever home, but um, definitely a beautiful, beautiful place that I'd love to go back to. Um, But the move was okay. I mean, it's stressful to move. I mean, I'm sure you ladies have moved a few times in your life, and you know what goes into it. I think the hardest part for me is having – a husband who is a techie who seems to be singularly focused a lot of the time on business mm. and all the various things he does. He doesn't just do one thing. He does 20 things usually, you know, within, you know, within five minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. The hard part for me is managing everything else. Cause I don't have kids. So you ladies are doing, I feel a lot more than I am in some ways. And, just managing everything else that goes into a marriage, I think, and doing things like, did we, you know, did we call the movers? What time are the movers showing up? Like packing every single thing we own into boxes and things like that. It all kind of falls on me just naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Justin isn't capable. It's just that he chooses not to do it. As he says. <laughs> And so I end up kind of being the marriage manager and he kind of ends up being like the business manager. Mm-hmm. So I just wondered, like, is that just unique to my relationship or do other tech wives go through that
1: experience too? Yeah, Sherry, how do you guys do it?
3: Well, I was thinking as you were talking, Georgie, I think um, I think we are pretty evenly matched in in some ways. So I'm, I'm relating to that part of Rob being pretty, pretty focused. Like he hates to be interrupted. Like when he is doing something, he is in it and he just doesn't shift in and out very well. Um, but I think because, um, so much of our moves and our last, you know, the last like seven years of our marriage have been a, a little bit sort of based around me going to graduate school, getting my doctorate, like doing all this stuff that was really sort of demanding on on me vocationally. He r- has really stepped up and kind of shared a lot of those things. So like when we when we've done our cross-country moves, um you know, he he will totally organize the movers, but I will do all the searching for the house. So it's really like a team effort. Mm. Um but some of that I think has has just had to be that way because of the demands of managing what I've been doing as well as the kids. So Sherry, hmm.
2: does Rob, does that kind of thing come naturally to Rob? Cause I've found that like Justin is really able to do 10 different things at once, have about 20 windows up on his laptop at once. And kind of, he's very capable about multitasking when it comes to like what's going on as far as work. Yeah. But he's not so great at organizing like we've got to go, you know, meet with I don't know. We've got to meet with someone on Thursday, like a few days from now and like get ready for that. And what what goes into getting ready for that meeting? Like on Thursday, he can do all of it for work. But when it comes to like outside of that, I think he's just happy for me to kind of take over those things because he says, oh, you're so good at it. G." Gee, you're so good at it. So does that ever happen with you and Rob, or maybe between Sandy and Jason? Like I'm just curious how that
1: how how that gets negotiated. Uh, well, Jason and I divide things up pretty clearly. Cause I, I agree with you, Georgie, that um, you know, Jason is just like Justin, that he is not good with household administration. I say I do about ninety-eight percent of it and I fill him in maybe <laughs> once a month, once every two, he's like, what's going on with such and such? And so I'll, I'll give him the details. And we've always said that, you know, he's the CEO and I'm the COO. Um, <laughs> he's got this idea like, let's go on vacation or let's have kids. And then I handle all the rest, you know, details, I just make it right? happen. Yes. I'm very good with details and I'm, I'm very good at, at you know, lining things up and shooting them down, you know, just getting things done. And, and he's very much, um, he just likes to focus on interesting things that he likes to think about and uh-huh. ba- paying bills, going to the grocery store. In fact, he's been banned from going to the grocery store because he, <laughs> he messes up my weekly menu plan um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. by being so impulsive um, so he doesn't get to go. Um, and... <laughs> You know, I just he just kind of expects me to have this is so when I say it out loud, it's so old fashioned and I can't even believe I'm even (laughs) saying it. But, you know, like that there's clean towels and, you know, his clothes are all clean. They're not usually put away. But, you know, um, yeah. And so we kind of have definitely definitely divided up the responsibilities of, of, I manage the house and the kids and he kind of, um, does the whole business thing and I don't work. So, um, that's kind of okay with me because that's sort of my job and I have the time to do it. And, um, he just, he just works, but he wouldn't be good at it. Even if he tried, (laughs) I can't even, I can't even, sometimes he does clean up after dinner, sometimes put the dishes in the dishwasher, but I don't like how he does it. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> right, right. So kind of naturally you gravitate toward that
2: role anyway. And then Jason's kind of happy for those for you to take the reins because it <laughs> comes more naturally to you than than to him. Yeah?
1: I think so. I'm, I'm kind of a, a typical Midwestern girl. Uh, so <laughs> I, I did. I it, it just seems natural to me. Yes, I was kind of raised that way. Um, but if I were working, I think it would be different. Uh, and I'm trying to remember what it was like before we had kids. I can't even remember at that time, but, um, I'm sure we shared a little bit more of the household responsibilities, but probably not too much because he works all the time. Yeah. How much does Jason
2: work and how much does Rob work? I'm just curious, like, what is the tip, the typical number of hours that your husband's work, would you say? <laughs>
1: I think Jason and I would have a different answer to that question. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's true for us too. Yeah, um, because let's see. We usually all take the kids to school in the morning. And so we get back from that around nine o'clock. Um, he typically goes out to lunch someplace quick, though. It's not like he goes out to a real restaurant. It's, you know, um, some sort of glorified fast food type place. Um, then he works until like Baja Fresh or Chipotle or, you know, something like that, not McDonald's. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, there's, there's that. Um, there's standards,
3: you know. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Uh, and then he works till about five. 30 or so. And then he goes to the gym. But then after, um, after dinner, he's usually reading a bunch of stuff that he's printed out and researching stuff for the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you want to call that working. It's not billable. Um, (laughs) uh, And then, you know, it's kind of the same thing on the weekends. So, I mean, he would probably say he works about 12 hours a day and I would say that he works actually sitting at his desk, working between seven and eight. Okay.
3: <laughs> and what about, what about Rob? You know, it varies tremendously. And I think Sandy is a really good point about like, what, how do we categorize work and not work? You know, mm-hmm. like we'll be at the beach or like doing something that's sort of a family event, but Rob is reading a, a magazine or he's, he's writing notes for, for a podcast or for a book or for, you know, he's, he's sort of always on. I think mm-hmm. in his in his head. <laughs> yeah. Which which is a challenge, I think, of of being married to someone who has the kind of job that sort of bleeds over everywhere. It doesn't stay confined neatly between between eight and five or whatever. Um, so for Rob's hours, you know, there are there are weeks where he like maybe works like seven hours a day, three days in the week, you know, and that's like just maintenance, just barely keeping it up. That's sort of like summer hours, (laughs) Uh, you know, but then, then when he's working on something intensively, there have been a couple of months where he will, um, he's pretty good about stopping between like five and eight to have time with, with the family and with the kids. But then, so he'll work from like, nine to five, take a couple hour break and then work from from 9 p.m. until 1 a.m., mm. you know, every day for it's five like days. Night owl. Yeah. And that's that's not, that's more like, you know, when he has a deadline or he's building something or he's, you know, on fire about something. But it varies tremendously depending on what's going on and what he's doing and, you know, mm-hmm. the, all those kinds of things. And it's, so there needs to be some kind of
2: communication, I would imagine, about, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to, Who's going to do X, Y, Z for the kids or who's taking care of this? It goes back to what you were saying, Sherry, about there are times when he's going to be available and times when you have to kind of book his time. Is it kind of
3: like that? Totally. We, I mean, when we are functioning well, we Kind of like Rob and I sort of sit down on like a Sunday night, and it's like, okay, let's look at the week. Who's doing what? Who's going where? Who's picking up the kids this day? Yeah. Who has meetings? Who's got stuff at night? And it's it's really like a, a
1: sort of a dance between who's who's on. Um, that's. See, that. you're you're pretty good because I don't give Jason that much notice. <laughs> <laughs> I. If something's coming up around lunchtime, who's gonna bring Ari to school? For example, who's yeah. taking the kids, you know, uh, to soccer practice? I'll give him like a half a day, or at most a day's notice, or I'll say something like, "Okay, I've got a lunch meeting today, so you've got to um, take Ari to school, or you have to take someone out to lunch, or something like that." But not uh, he could not handle the whole week's worth of logistics Mm. in one meeting, you wouldn't handle it. So I just kind of spoon feed it to him bit (laughs) by bit. Yeah, I can kind of relate
2: to that, because with Justin, I may have told him five or six different times that we're going to do something (laughs) the next day, and he doesn't remember any time that I told him. So he's always saying, why didn't you tell me before? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always saying, well, it's because, you know, you were busy, you were, you know, caught up in doing something else. But Justin fully admits that he's really not great at context switching. Mm -hmm. And that's the term, I guess, that gets thrown around about, you know he's right in the middle of writing some code and he just can't break out of that code or he's just trying to wor- rework something to solve a problem and then he's thinking about that problem for you know 3 days straight and you see this glazed look over his face like you can tell he's not there and i i wonder if you guys can relate to that where it's just mm-hmm. we're sitting and trying to eat dinner and it's the only you know hour i'm going to get with him that day and he's not there. It's like being with a zombie um, mm-hmm. or something. And sometimes I feel a little bit like, "Hey, snap out of it!" You know, I'm not going to see uh. you again until tomorrow. Um, but other times I kind of go, "Okay, you know, I get it. it. You know, I understand." So I'm trying to be a little patient with that. But a lot, I think, a lot of the time, unfortunately, Justin feels like I'm, I'm like shouting at him, like, "Come on, we have to go now!" You know, we have to go mm-hmm. to that thing now, and he feels like. She didn't tell me. <laughs> she didn't tell me beforehand that we had this thing to do. Yeah. Um, but really, he's just kind of lost in what he's doing, mm-hmm. and I think that I don't know. It could be a really good thing that they're focusing that intensely on something. It means that they're making money, and they're taking care of us, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be able to eat and have clothes to wear and go to private school and all those things. But but at the same time, does it leave us feeling sometimes like we're a little bit left out?
1: Hmm. I don't feel left out. Um, you know, sometimes I kind of appreciate the peace and quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think, I think when you've been married to guys like ours for as long as we have, you just sort of, you know, understand, you know, it's not like, they're. I uh, don't. It's not like they're mad at us. It's not like you have an issue in your marriage. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking about something. They'll come up for air in a or food or something in a day or so, and you know that's that's fine. It's just you know sometimes I get really busy thinking about something or you yeah. know the kids have a very busy schedule or a couple of bad days, and I don't you know I I get it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah.
3: I think it's been important for me to pay attention to when I am starting to feel bothered or irritated and like, just really to say that, you know, it's that classic, It call comes back to communication in marriage, but he has been really responsive those times when I've said, you know what, I know this is really important. I love that you love what you're doing, but I'm needing like a little bit of attention. Yeah. And, (laughs) And that's been okay to say, and I try not to play that card too much, but when I do play it, it's pretty well received. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. I can like, I can handle, you know, I can sort of support and affirm and give space for him to be in his, in his little zone or whatever. Um, and i I sort of trust that, that he'll come out of it when I really need him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that sounds really positive. I think I aspire to be a little bit more like you ladies, whether it's like Sandy and just fiercely independent or a yes. little bit like Sherry, which is like, I'm going to speak up when I feel the need, you know? Uh-huh. I think yeah. that's great because I don't know if I handle it that well and I'm going to share a little anecdote about, you know, how how hard it can be sometimes. Um, it's not always hard, but sometimes it is. Um, I was telling Justin one time, Like, I think as women, we tend to be very relational in general. Like, we tend to think about everybody in the room and Mm -hmm. not just ourselves or put everyone else before us. If we have kids or if we have, you know, a a partner or if we have like friends over or extended family, we tend to make sure everybody's happy Mm -hmm. before we kind of serve ourselves, you know? Um, So I'm constantly thinking about other people and I'm constantly thinking about Justin. What does Justin need? You know, kind of doing... Mm -hmm doing those things, thinking 10 steps ahead, Um, not that I spend my whole day serving him, because I don't, (laughs) Um, but I just tend to keep him in mind quite a lot. And so (laughs) I think that all goes back to kind of managing our marriage. Um, And so one time I was telling him, you know, do you know how much I actually think about you during the day? And he's like, no, maybe once or twice. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Once or twice, that's it. And I'm like, well, that gives me an indication of how much he's thinking about me. (laughs) So I said to Justin one time, you know, did you ever stop and just think about like, maybe I need something. What's going on with Georgie right now? Let me just check on her. Cause I think he's probably just happy to let me get on with things just in general. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to start thinking about you, G. Let me make a note to do that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I went, okay, <laughs> you're going to make a note to do that. So we were out somewhere, and all of a sudden, an alarm goes off on his cell phone. This is like a couple days later. I looked down at his cell phone, and it says TAG, T-A-G. Oh, so I'm going, think about Georgie. What is this? Did you just download some kind of app called TAG? What What's going on? He goes, no, I've just programmed an alarm to go off every three hours to think about you. <laughs> How typical. <laughs> oh, and my I gosh. Think it's, <laughs> I think it's kind of typical just of Justin's geekness that I he, was just going to
1: say geek,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that he kind of needs a reminder to be relational. And it's not that Justin's not an empathic person because he's like sometimes more of a therapist than I am when it comes to like people wanting to call up and talk about problems that they're having. I mean, Justin's definitely somebody that people seek out and want to talk things over with when it when it's of an emotional nature, sometimes even better than me. Um, It's just that he's just not keeping other people in mind as much. And I didn't know, like, is that just unique to him or what would you say about Jason and Rob
3: in that regard? I think that's really awesome, I have to say. I think it's really awesome. <laughs> at least he's trying. He, he's figuring out a system that works, right?
1: yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm glad you've trained him so well, George. do that I didn't you teach him how to do that. He just came up with that on his own. Oh my gosh, that's funny i'm a I'm pretty independent, so I don't really need that kind of thing. I think that's that's just my own independence mm. Mm. and Jason works at home, so I see him he comes through all the time, he takes breaks. And, you know, so I, I don't, I don't feel um, wanting in any sort of, you know, attention or, um, you know, emotional. Right. Type thing.
2: but it sounds like you, you and Jason are a good match in that way. Like yeah. there's a lot of balance there already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, As I'm absolutely. saying this, I'm looking at Justin's cell phone. Guess what it says? It says tag right <laughs> now. what a coincidence and he's in the other room he's in the other room he can't even see it (laughs) (laughs) um but also that it seems like jason maybe seeks out the connection with you sandy a
1: little bit more yeah Yeah. sure well you know how social he is oh yeah um and so he because uh you know things are happening in the other room and so he'll just come out just to be a part of society for a little while. He's got yeah. his head in his computer for a few hours and he'll yeah. come out and, you know, we'll just chat here and there and then he'll go back in and he comes and either goes out to lunch or makes himself a sandwich or I come in and tell him what the schedule for the day is. And, um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, we have quite a lot of interaction throughout the day because yeah. we're both here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sherry? Um,
3: I, wow. I feel really needy compared to you. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: mm. I, just, <laughs> I think I'm probably too independent for my own good. Um,
3: well, I, I think that, um, Rob is probably, Rob is also pretty relational and pretty nurturing actually. Like he's, he's Kind of pretty well developed feminine side that you could see, be like totally horrified that I said that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I yeah. So I, I I don't think he has anything programmed into his phone to think about. <laughs> but I definitely know that he uses his technological skill to think about like gifts and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, yeah, like he'll like read my Pinterest page and those kinds of things. Oh my uh-huh. gosh, that's funny. Um, But yeah, no, he's, he's always been, I mean, before he entered this field and, you know, this is sort of what drew me to him in the first place, like a pretty, just very emotionally attuned guy considering, Mm -hmm. considering his, you know, chosen vocation and that he is a techie and that he's an engineer, like he's pretty emotionally there in a way I have just like really, really enjoyed has been really fun. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think that's great. And, um, you know, I I don't want to come across and sound like I uh, am sort of bitching at Justin all the time and things like that. I think... Creatively, I've been. I able wouldn't to find, blame you if you did. Well, you know, they can be. <laughs> it they can be a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I was just thinking, like creatively, I think I found ways to connect more with what Justin's doing. Like I, I've tried to stay open to learning as much as I can about what he's working on, and just asking him, like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Um, I don't understand all the languages he codes in and sort of the nitty gritty of that sort of thing. I recognize some of the names of things, but you know, I've worked on a couple of businesses that he's done doing sort of like social media, community management stuff. And I'm very much an amateur still at this point, but I'm interested in it. I'm curious about it. Um, You know, it's something that I kind of, I, I don't do full time, but it's definitely a way that I can connect with him that. I know he's going to be he's going to be fully present when I'm talking with him about what he's doing. So I think that's a way that we've managed to kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, And I was just curious, like, how much are you ladies involved in what your husbands do for a living? And how much do you know about the techie stuff?
3: (laughs) Not very much. (laughs) (laughs) We're sort of off
2: being with people.
3: (laughs) Uh, One of the so Rob wrote a book a couple years ago, um, and I am really very embarrassed to say I, I actually have not read it. <laughs> My mother has read it, but <laughs> that I haven't. Um, I, I think, like, it has been really a pleasure to just see him do his thing, and I don't feel... Like, I'm just not that involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, some of the, like, most awkward conversations I have in my life are when people ask me what Rob does. <laughs> and it's like, uh, well, he kind of, I mean, he owns some things. Like, I just bumble my way through it. Not because I don't care and don't really know, but because um, it's such a shifting thing and it's really hard to sort of stay up with all of the things that he's got going on at one particular time. Yeah. Um. So I actually went to, so he d- puts on a conference microconf, and I went for the first time this year just for like 24 hours. And it was really the first time that I have really seen him in his element, like seeing him speak, see him connect with, with his colleagues. And so that was really fun, but it was also like, whoa, we've been married a long time and operated in pretty separate vocational spheres when I haven't really you know, then that ben that, uh, involved in the details of it. But I admire your willingness to learn the lingo and jump in there, Georgie. It sounds like that's awesome.
2: Well, I haven't really had a choice in some ways. Like I really think Justin's kind of pulled me in. He's like, hey, you can talk to people. You know how to like make people feel good about things. Why don't you come on and get people talking about this product that I'm working on or this new site that we're launching? And it's sort of like, uh, okay, I don't know anything, but... <laughs> I'm sort of willing to learn, you know, so I've just, you know, I've kind of tried my best, but there are times when what he's talking about is going completely over my head and I just go, I just kind of shake my head and go, "Uh uh (laughs) uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's not because I don't care. It's just because I think I work like my brain works completely differently from his in some ways. So we have to find a way to bridge that, I guess.
1: I've actually worked with Jason quite a bit. Um, it I actually worked for him. I was his employee uh, oh. way back when. Uh, I think this is even before we got married. Um, hmm. And uh, his bot, his you know, uh, I guess his boss, I guess you would say, was upset that Jason had hired his girlfriend. But it was way back when Jason and his buddy Phil were building. Uh, the trading simulator back in Chicago. And I can do all kinds of stuff. You know, I'm very good with all the administrative details. I, you know, had been, had some job experience in marketing at the time. So um, they hired me. It was just Phil and Jason. And then they hired me to kind of manage their office and manage their business and um, answer the phone because Jason thinks it's a really... Um, mark of prestige. If you have a girl answer your phone, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, James Bond
2: 007 always yes, has that cute exactly. secretary. Yeah. Exactly. Money,
1: penny. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, Jason and Phil had just been writing code and they hadn't uh, put their software out in the market yet. And when they hired me, it was right around the time when they were about to do that. And so I came in and so there, you know, going out with their dog and pony show and demoing their product to potential clients and someone actually bought it, you know? And, and so they were like, okay, so what do we do next? Do we, you know, arrange like a briefcase exchange of cash or, you know, I mean, what happens next? And that's kind of an interesting startup moment Mm -hmm. when you're developing and then you make the switch into actual sales. And at the time, I mean, it was gosh, 15 years ago. Um, and, and at the time we were all young and, uh, we just had, they had no idea. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll create an invoicing system and you can go install their product and we'll send them an invoice and um, we'll need to have some marketing materials. And so, you know, I worked on putting that together and I used Microsoft Word with, you know, text boxes and image boxes and made the copies on the um, company's color printer and, um, you know, handled their travel details. Actually, uh, another funny story was... I was the one who bought Jason and his partner at the time, Phil, their very first cell phones. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I went, I went to the, you know, the local um, cell phone place, and I, I got them both cell phones, and the company paid for it, and I showed them how to work it. I also got them uh, their first real—I don't know if what Phil would say about this, but Jason, for sure, his first suit, so that. <laughs> you know, they could go out and look presentable when they made these sales calls. They, they ditched the suits pretty, pretty quickly. But, um, you know, it was just all about get huh. turning their product into a, an actual business. And so we worked on that for a while and Jason took it pretty seriously. It was, I mean, Phil and I would just kind of snicker uh, between ourselves. Um, uh, Jason, he never wanted all three of us to go out to lunch together, for example, because he would say, well, what if someone calls? <laughs> there oh. has to be someone there to answer the phone. Well, Nobody ever called. I can tell you nobody called. And so we just had a field day, you know, just t- um, teasing him about, um, you know, well, the second we step out the door, the floodgates are going to open and we're going to miss the big moment, you know, and, but he took it pretty seriously at the time and and that was a lot of fun and but other than that i mean we i i i guess i'm kind of a control freak too cuz i sort of project managed him a little bit mm-hmm. I'm like so honey what what are you working on today and i was like well you know uber i was like no no specifically what product you know what part of it are you working on or you know how's the dashboard coming on any foo and um you know how how long do you think i i do kind of project manage him so um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty up to date on what he's working on specifically. Do you guys listen to the podcasts that they do? Um, I'm usually uh,
2: somewhere around kind of flitting around the house or doing work at the table at the same time. Justin and I have shared like office space or kind of, you know, carved out an office area in our living room usually because there's a lot of times when my schedule is flexible. So I'm just kind of home. Um, and doing work from there. So I do listen, I, I listen quite a lot, usually while it's happening. Hmm. What, what about, about you, Carrie? Sandy?
1: Oh, I, I don't listen to the podcast. I do, though, read the the description and the comments. I always do, just to kind of see what what the reaction hmm. is and if people are kind of picking up on a specific topic or what they like about it. And I, I'm really um, very pleased that most of the comments seem to be so positive you know yeah
2: yeah, I'm not as in tune with the comments but I do know that the show is quite popular with the listenership and that's I think like a great thing I'm really Mm -hmm. excited about that I mean it's it's cool to know that something that started with just Justin and Jason having a couple of conversations with each other has turned into something that feels like a community there's almost a family feel where The listeners really feel like they know Jason and Justin, which I think is something that's probably hard to achieve when you're doing some. you know, you're recording Mm -hmm. something in a room somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me that they can reach out to people that way and and that it's meaningful and that, you know, stuff they know is valuable to people.
1: Right. Well, how do you feel about them talking about our personal details, like our finances and our kids? Um, (laughs) there
2: have been, I've never asked Justin to edit something out that he said about me. Um, you know, usually he'll kind of like will know that something has happened during the week and just is like, oh yeah, logging that away to talk about it on the podcast. So I kind of know ahead of time when he's going to talk about something, or he can see the reaction on my face when I'm sitting there and he's saying it. So mm-hmm. he kind of like sometimes he it's almost like he's telling me the story too. Like, yeah, and then Georgie did this, this and that, or her parents said this, this and that. <laughs> and I'll just like he can tell by my look. I guess some of our communication is nonverbal mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of stuff. But for the most part, I just think like whatever happens is fair game because we're together so much. We uh-huh. may not be talking and and connected so much, but we're always around each other. So the stuff is bound to happen. What about you, Sandy? Do you um uh, do you like it, not like it if Jason brings up stuff that's happening
1: at home? I guess I guess I don't really care. You know, there's a little bit a part of me is like, well, I don't really want him talking about the kids so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. Um, um but Other than that, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I don't really care. We don't really have too much to hide. Um, What about you, Sherry? Do you, does Rob ever get into the personal stuff on his podcast? You know, I, I don't think he does quite as much as the, as you guys do on texting.
3: Um, But he will, he will talk about stories from the kids or, you know, explaining why we're moving from one place (laughs) to another that usually, you know, has to do with me. Um, and yeah, Sherry did this now. And, you know, generally I just really, you know, I just, I just really trust him. Like there, there's never been anything where I felt upset or, or, um, uncomfortable with something that he's shared. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. we kind of feel, we just sort of trust each other on that level. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said that about um, Jason talking about the kids, though, because one of the things that he has talked a lot about, or, or at least a bit, is is Colby and sort of his yeah. gifts and abilities, and that has been so significant for me.
1: Really? <laughs> and,
3: yeah, totally. <laughs> well, as a parent of a kid who is like our husbands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like Colby, who's this... Um, you know, really right, really sort of unique mind and yes. sort of the, the, the great things, but also the real challenges of raising a kid like that. So it's, even though it might be uncomfortable for, for Jason to talk about that, it's actually been like really helpful for me because <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm not alone raising this child who is a tech in training, but he's six. So it's,
1: it's amazing. It's, I think sometimes it's hard to keep up with Jason and tell me what you guys think about this because he's got so many ideas and he's like, I want to do this or I've got this kind of an idea for, uh, you know, a, a web app or, and Colby's the same way. He's like, mom, I want to build a tree house on the roof or I want to make a slide that goes from the second floor to the first floor. And, you know, I just, I can't keep up because I'm very much like okay, now we need to finish something that we start here, boys, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I find it very frustrating. And um, it's just, it's almost, uh, you know, sends my mind spinning that he's, Jason, especially, he just talks about all this stuff. I'm like, honey, why don't you just focus on releasing any foo already? (laughs) That is my first goal here. (laughs) Well, I I think it's, I think
2: it's kind of interesting that you say that Sandy, because I think, you know, you may feel that Jason kind of spins out a lot of the time on these, you know, grand schemes and ideas. I feel like sometimes Justin isn't quite certain how he wants to approach something and he's kind of mentally kind of doing gymnastics around, oh, should I do this? Should I do this contract? How should I go about this issue? And I think it's incredibly grounding for him to be able to call Jason a lot Mm -hmm. of the times, like just, Hey man, you got five minutes. Okay. Uh, so this, this, and this happened and, and this, and you can hear Justin getting kind of wound up by it. Like he doesn't (laughs) quite know. He kind of has a sense of what is happening and what he wants to do. And Jason will be like, okay, man, this is what you need to do. And it's almost like Jason, I don't know if he does. He's like this at home, but he knows exactly how to put Justin at ease. He knows exactly what to say. It's like he's the most confident man in the world.
1: Mm, like, he thinks he is.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but those are the times when I really appreciate Justin having Jason around because mm-hmm. you can tell that there's something just so solid about that. Um, and I think it's incredibly grounding. I just wondered,
1: like, he must be more like that at home, too. He doesn't give me advice because he knows I won't take it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah, but he he gives a lot of people advice and um, he actually hooks a lot of people up with jobs. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, That's where AnyFu came from though, isn't it? Like AnyFu came out of Jason wanting to build business connections for other people.
1: Probably. He's great. He's great at that. He's great at getting to know people. And, um, you know, once you know, Jason, you're his best friend and, (laughs) um, you're always his best friend. I mean, he has connections with people he's known most of his life and yeah. And then he, he's think, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is great at this. I should get them involved with uh, this other person. And yeah, he's, he's a networker. I told her he should, I mean, I told him that, uh, he should, either start a consultant business or uh, charge a finder's fee, a people's <laughs> finder's fee.
2: <laughs> it sounds like you've been kind of, Sandy, you've kind of been at the root of a lot of the startup experiences Jason has had. Do you think is so? That true? I mean,
1: the only thing that I can think of um, is that when uh, we first moved to California and Jason tried to reconnect with his old soccer team and they just sucked. I mean, they just couldn't get it together. The play- players wouldn't show up on time and the fields were terrible. And so then he went and he tried out for this other team and he flubbed the tryout. I mean, he was out of shape and it had been a long time since he had actually, I mean, he did a bad, bad job. Okay. Sandy, just tell it to me straight. How did he really do? (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. I (laughs) don't don't hold back. (laughs) Right. He, he wouldn't tell it any differently. I, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. but then, so I just said, well, why don't you start your own team? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's ever talked about his soccer team, Cobalt, on the on the texting uh podcast. But yeah, we had that um that team for about 10 years and it was pretty successful. So mm-hmm. that's that's the only thing I remember specifically opening my mouth and saying, why don't you start your own team? But mm-hmm. uh, you know, other than that, I guess I've just sort of been peripherally peripherally involved. Um, but um not not really at the heart of it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How,
3: I'm curious for you ladies, how, how were those first conversations of, you know, like your husband's deciding not to, not to get a full-time job, so to speak, and to uh. start this, this, this different path. How, how did that go? How, how did you guys feel?
1: That I, at the time. <laughs> I have a story. I was in the hospital bed after just giving birth to Colby and Jason, who, who of course, as soon as he has an idea in his head, it's out of his mouth. So he says to me, you know, I'm kind of thinking about um, scrapping the whole trading software and going ahead and building like a online whiteboard kind of a PowerPoint, um, web-based PowerPoint system. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I about died. Um, because I was no longer working. Uh, I quit my job about a month before we, uh, had Colby and, you know, he was in a good steady situation with, uh, backing. And I was like, and, and I, I just given birth and I couldn't yeah. I, mean, I couldn't believe that I I just couldn't believe it. I was shocked and I you know said, "Well, how is how is, you know, your your back are going to feel about you changing directions literally 180 degrees. It couldn't Mm. be more different. It all worked out in the end, but that's how Prezo got started. And I about flipped out um, at the time. Now I'm totally immune to it. He can do whatever he wants, you know, but. Mm.
2: (laughs) And (laughs) was it like because that was the first time and because you were so uncertain about whether it would work and whether, you'd, you know, you'd have enough money?
1: Yeah. And hormonally unstable for sure. Well, I think he waited until you were in
2: the hospital because he knew you couldn't get up and kind of smack him. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he caught you know. when you were vulnerable. <laughs> but like Sherry, you asked the question. So, I mean, how is it for you? And has Rob always been an entrepreneur since you've known him? Or was that a transition that he made at some point?
3: I mean, Rob was an entrepreneur when he was in like third grade, selling selling candy at at summer camp and making a profit. So he's, it's just always been who he was. Although when we first got married and and when we met, he was really on a very different path. He was doing this management training program and this big electrical contracting company in the Bay Area. And, um, he was sort of had this very corporate path laid out for him, which, um, I was not a fan of. So I was really excited and encouraged when he decided to to sort of go into more tech and coding and um you know took a a job at a very small firm. But interestingly, it was really after um our son was born that he decided he wasn't he never went back to a full-time job after that. He took paternity leave and never Never went back full <laughs> time. And I think it, it was sort of that moment of really reevaluating, wait, what do I want my life to be? And mm-hmm. um, how do we make that happen? And how do I have time to do the things I want to do? So I think for us, like we sat down, we made a budget and we kind of said, this is what you need to make every month for this to work for us. Mm-hmm. And he's always made that number. And I've never really asked any other questions.
1: <laughs> Gosh. So,
3: um, yeah, it's, it's been, like, really exciting. But th- there's certainly been moments when I've kind of thought, okay, okay like, are you going to be able to make your number this month? Or, you know, how's mm-hmm. it going to work? But uh, in general, it has. So I'm, I'm now judging from a lot of data that it's been a good choice. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that the uncertainty has been a little bit of an issue for me. Justin has talked about this on texting already um, is sort of the background I come from is distinctly middle class. You know, my mom is a dental hygienist. My dad has always sold fence like commercially. Um, And so they're nine to five people. That's what we do. We go to a job. We work, you know, we work for a company. We're company people. Um, We get a steady salary and we just kind of stick with what we're doing. You know, you work for a place for like 10 years or more, you just, you have a lot of loyalty to your company and things like that. So um, it's, Justin has always had something on the side, whether he's worked for a company and then been, you know, some concocting something in the basement or the garage or wherever he's working. Um, You know, for a while, he wanted to start a dating service in London where people (laughs) handed each other cards like, I think you're cute. Come to this website and find me there. It's like the person standing right in front of Whoa. you, why would they go to a website after getting a card? Why don't they just say, hi, you're cute. Do you want to go out? Give me your number. Like, Let's why would they to then the pub on the go corner. home? Yeah, why would I go home and then <laughs> check you out on a website? It's just strange. <laughs> huh. So like, that's like one of Justin's really, really early businesses. And you can see how far he's come since then. I mean, he's put out some amazing things since then. But they all have to start somewhere. So, I mean, I never understood it. And I always said to Justin, like, how could you not want to work for a a company where you're stable and you know how much money you're going to have every month? Like Mm -hmm. there have been months where we, you know, we've been doing really, really great. And then other months where it's like, okay, it's not as great as last month. We need to tighten the strings a little bit. Um, But deep down, I think I have a big anxiety about having to go without um, for a little while, we always, you know, we always make it through, but there's kind of, a being an entrepreneur is kind of like gambling in some yeah. ways. That's like mm-hmm. my perspective on looking at it. It's like, I want to put in a little bit of work so that I make more at the end of it. I, I want to put in a lot of work now. Let me rephrase. I want to put in a lot of work now so that later on, I only have to do a little bit of work and I get a huge return, mm-hmm. um, rather than I do a little bit of work every day and I get the same amount of money every month. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of feels to me a little bit like a calculated pulling down of the slot machine handle kind of thing. <laughs> um, only you created the slot machine, so you know you have better chances of, of mm-hmm. winning, basically. Um, does it ever feel that way to you, ladies? No. I mean, Sherry, you touched on that a little bit. Maybe it's been like that for you a little bit more, Sandy?
1: it's definitely been a roller coaster for us. Um, There's, and I think that's true when you have a, an, you know, an entrepreneur. I mean, I think Jason also was just born that way that, um, you know, working a regular nine to five job for a company just would make him miserable. And, you know, I can't really mess with his character like that. I mean, it's who he is. That's who I married. You know, I knew what I was getting into. Um, Mm -hmm. But the, I think with, with an entrepreneur, the highs are so high and the lows are so low. I remember a uh, few years ago, um, and it was uh, the year that Christmas was on a Friday. And it was a real lull for a few months. And it was the Wednesday before Christmas. And we had zero dollars for Christmas presents for the kids. I mean, we had no nothing for them. And, you know, they're at an age where... They're full on Santa Claus, you know? I mean, they get it. They're into it. They talk about it all year long. and it was it was just horrible. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. we have we have zero, literally zero dollars mm-hmm. for it for this. And that was extraordinarily difficult. I remember he got uh, actually he just signed on to work for Uber at the time and Um, they were gracious enough to give him an advance. And as soon as that check was cashed, I mean, I went to Toys R Us, you know, right before Christmas and bought all the kids toys. And I have to say it took quite a while for me to recover from that level of stress. And Mm -hmm. um, it was really tough to, uh, for me, I'm not so much concerned about it, but I'm, you know, something like that to put onto the kids was, was very, very stressful. And, Um, I remember asking Jason when Uber offered him uh, a full-time job, and Jason was kind of weighing it, although it would have meant that we would have to move up to San Francisco and that he would actually be working in an office 80 hours a week and would be a big lifestyle change. And I I told him, because I was just so scarred from that experience, I said, please work it out. And I, I think that was one of the few times where I've actually asked him to go get us something steady. And I, he I, I ended up turning him down, which was also devastating. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be more of this up and down. And I just don't know how much more I can take. And, um, but it, it ended up working out to be all the, all the best. I mean, he couldn't be in a better situation now. Um, so I guess in the long run, I'm very happy that he turned it down, but, um, it was, it was very difficult at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, that sounds like, I mean, not knowing
2: whether you're going to have presents for the kids at Christmas, that sounds like a horrible amount of stress to be going through because you feel responsible, you know, you feel really responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't have to worry about kids right now, but I do wonder when Justin and I do have kids, you know, I will probably be just, you know, doing a little private practice, not working a huge amount. And I wanted to ask you ladies, like, um, you, you're working to a various degree. I mean, whether it's at home or outside of home, you're working to a various degree. Did you ever feel a pressure to work more because of that uncertainty about money coming through or get a job somewhere? Or, you know, did, did you ever feel like now you, you need to take on more financial responsibility? Um, Not that you doubt your husband, but just because you'd really like to have more certainty in life.
1: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Sherry, I think you'd be better to answer this question than me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about it. Um, I think it feels really
3: good for me to to sort of be able to contribute consistently to the income. And, you know, I think... I'm trying to think about whether I'm working because I need to or because I want to, which is a really big question. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So in general, I, you know, I have been able to make the choices I want to make vocationally because there are choices I wanted to make and I, you know, want to work. I'd work like three days a week, which is really a really nice arrangement for me. Um, It has been nice for my sanity to know that there is a consistent paycheck coming, it wouldn't cover everything, but you know, it, it, I think it does give me though a level of security that that both just for me as you know as an adult and as a person just makes me feel like okay, I am doing something solid to make sure that our family is supported. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I would feel like that if Rob was a lawyer, or an accountant, or something else either. I'm trying to think if. I, it must be a level of the sort of instability of, of being an entrepreneur that contributes some of that. But, um, but yeah, it's despite him always having made the number, I think there is a, there is somewhere back in, back in the recesses of my mind, a fear that, that you know, one day something will change or something will happen. And, and then, you know, when you've built a business around you and your abilities, it's not easy to sell it. It's not, it's not something that is, you know, an asset that you can make liquid quickly. And so anyway, I think for me Mm -hmm. having just that, that consistent income does help, does feel good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um,
2: I was also thinking about, um, Like the, Sandy, you said something about it being sort of the, the entrepreneurial lifestyle is a little bit like, um, I don't know, sometimes it feels like Justin's on crack or something. He's got a new idea. And he's, he's addicted to it. I yes. mean, he will sit mm-hmm. down at the computer and not get up for three days straight. And I'll be like, are you going to shower? Are you going to shave? <laughs> like, are you going to get up and stretch your legs, anything? And he just becomes obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to me the whole time, this is a billion dollar idea, G. This uh-huh. is a billion dollar <laughs> idea. This is going to take us like, you'll be able to get the house you want. You'll be able to buy any car you want. And it becomes like all of a sudden we could potentially win the lottery and Mm -hmm. it becomes like so, um, I don't know, like, it's like dangling a carrot, but the carrot is in front of him too. And I Mm -hmm. just get caught
1: up in it and like, I almost go, yes, yes. (laughs) Like do it. It's (laughs) exciting. I've, I've loved kind of going through the any foo development process. Yeah. You know, when the, um, Uh, The graphic design, you know, the um, little Kung Fu master guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I was totally into that, and I was really excited to see it all, and I love being a part of it. I, I couldn't imagine any other way now because... I'm kind of addicted to the highs of the new idea Mm -hmm. also, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think over the years that my risk tolerance has lowered considerably, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I've been through it a number of times and I think we're very fortunate that our husbands have uh, a skill, you know what I mean? A, A marketable skill. So as bad as it could get, you know, there's always that to fall back on, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very, I get really excited. I'm like, okay, you know, but I always <laughs> want to ask him, you know, so what, you know, I want him to think it through the entire way. So I'll start asking him questions. I say, okay, so what's your market for this and how do you think you're going to get customers? And, you know, so I, I, but I kind of, I totally get into it too. Yeah. What about you, Sherry? Does it ever feel that way with what Rob's working on?
3: Yeah, it's pretty exciting, <laughs> but, but it's kind of random too. Like there was mm-hmm. one, there was one time, for several months where he was he owned this website that sells. Um, it teaches people how to grow bonsai trees. Uh huh. At the same time, <laughs> That's so he random. owns a website that sold beach towels. Uh huh. <laughs> and then the the kicker was that then he owned a website that sold um plans for people to construct their own boat for duck hunting. What? I was like, I know, so random. Talk like, about a niche market. <laughs> <laughs> so he he had all of these three things at the same time, in addition to, you know, .NET invoice and these other things that he has owned for longer periods of time. But I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what is this stuff? I could
2: imagine it'd be harder to keep track of what Rob's doing, maybe, than what <laughs> Justin and Jason are doing. I never know, my brother.
3: <laughs> it's always it's fun.
2: <laughs> so it can get exciting, right? I mean, I kind of get caught up in the mm-hmm. in that excitement, and I think I feel sometimes a little bit like Sandy. Like, I mean, I don't, Sandy. You've been directly involved in the business mm-hmm. side of what Jason's done, but mm-hmm. I don't know all that stuff, and I'm just like, when is the money going to come in? <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> not, that I'm, not that today, I'm money hungry, it's just like, okay, but can you tell me when we're going to yeah. be making X amount of dollars because I'm a planner and I mm-hmm. like to be able to plan ahead for what the budget's going to look like and things like that. I just, I want stability, some sort of <laughs> stability, even if it means we're going to go up to this amount one month and be down this amount, I'd like to know ahead of time, which you're never going to know, which is driving me crazy. It drives right. me crazy to never know exactly what the paycheck is going to be every month only because it directly affects me.
1: Totally, I'm with you 100%. It's very difficult to budget and um, try to plan out your cash flow because even if you send somebody an invoice, for example, on the first of every month, You never know when they're going to pay you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, at times when it's tight and you really are living month to month, you're like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to need this much money in our bank account by such and such. And it's like, how often can you ask them to talk to their clients about, how about you pay me now? Mm -hmm. Um, Or Mm -hmm. when are you going to pay that invoice? It's just extraordinarily uncomfortable. But, from from a cash flow, um, you know, geez, it's tough. We've had to you know, I've, I've really had to sort of pick and choose what bills I'm going to pay at certain times of the month from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, sometimes I kind of feel like that landlord that's going from apartment to apartment, <laughs> like, OK, your rent's due. You know, when are you going to pay? OK, in five days. OK, in mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. days. And I feel like just like you said, Sandy, I'm putting that pressure on Justin. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's almost going to somebody and saying my wife really needs the money. Yeah.
0: Something. No kidding. My <laughs> wife's <laughs> going to kill me
3: if you don't pay. <laughs>
2: you know? and it does affect it affects our marriage like I feel like I'm just like mm-hmm. the money collectors I know I, I, do I don't too. I don't want that role but I also don't want to micromanage Justin and what he's doing mm-hmm. either so it's it just, is it is a hard balance, balance yeah. between
1: trying to manage the house and then not micromanaging our husbands
2: right right because yes. you're the one that knows what the outgoings are and he's yes. the one trying to bring the money in so I can see how that dance would be really interesting (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to make sure those numbers match up. Yes. Yeah. One
3: thing that we did kind of early on, which I think was really helpful for my sanity was we, we really separated the business from our personal finances, even if it's something, you know, as small as, making thirteen dollars on a book sale or or whatever, it all goes in the business account mm-hmm. and then he pays from the business account into our personal account a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, I have no idea what happens in the business in terms of cash flow, which is probably good because probably I would either go shopping way, yeah. or I would be ragging on him. Yeah. So like <laughs> you know, I'm sure some sometimes there's a huge chunk of money in there if he sold a site or something. And then other times there's not very much. And, and that's, um, frankly, that's his problem <laughs> as long yeah. as it, as long as he makes his number for our family, yeah. which I, it sounds a little, I mean, I'm a little bit more detached, I think, than, than, than you mm-hmm. guys are in the way that you've set it up. But it's, it's been nice for me to be sort of buffered from those ups and downs a bit. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think one of the nice things about texting is Justin's expanded his um, network of people like he said to me the other day. Oh, I really got to talk to Rob. I want to talk to Rob about how he does things because I want to do more of what Rob does. Um, and I think he really admires Rob. And I think what he sees Rob doing really, you know, he's he's kind of into that. Um He's, he's really interested. So, I mean, just the fact that Justin was able to move from a completely different country and meet all of these really interesting men and women who are out there, you know, building things and selling things. I don't think we had that kind of network in London so much. The culture is so different around this kind of stuff. Even though there are people doing it, you know, there's still that American dream that's very much, you know, surrounding all these web apps and things that, It kind of amazes me, and I know at the end of the day that, as somebody said, like what Justin does can get him a job. You know, no matter what, um, somebody's going to want to hire a programmer. So Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be okay. It's just a matter of whether or not Justin wants to wants to do that particular thing at that particular time. But I've also found the times when we're really, really stressed and we don't know how we're going to make it. Often opens doors and windows to things Justin really wants to do. You just have to go through that stress for a little while to find other doors opening. And thankfully, like Jason's been really helpful with Justin in that regard, making Mm -hmm. those connections out there too. So Mm -hmm. um, that's been good. I
3: think the community of it has been really great for Rob too. Like. The beginning year was really hard. I think it was really lonely, and there were lots of things just trying to figure out, how do you set this up? How do you do these things? But now that he's started a network and and really um, feels like he has a lot of relationships with people where he can call up someone and ask these kinds of questions, it's been actually really good for our relationship, too, because I'm not the only sounding board and, you know, I, I like to be a sounding board, but I don't know. <laughs> Go ask Jason. Go ask Justin. I don't know. And,
2: and Do and you then know what do how you... many times I've said that oh, to gosh. Justin? I'm like, this is a Jason
1: question. Over my head. Over my head. <laughs> well, and Jason will ask me things for, you know, what was it? A couple of weeks ago. This topic comes up with us every so often. He hates the name texting. Oh. and oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, hates it. Like it makes him cringe. And so I said to him the other day, well, honey, I think you've kind of built a brand, you know, if yeah. you, if you change the name, you would still kind of have to say, you know, the podcast formerly known as Texing <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing, you know, yeah. change it to some weird symbol and yeah. then change it back. You know, you yeah. still, it's, it's a brand and I'm sorry, honey, you're stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of got mad at me for that. And, um, um, so I was like, well, you know, go talk to somebody else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Clearly, I'm not telling you what you want to hear. <laughs> so that's why the other day out of the blue, Justin comes up to me and says, what do you think about the name Texing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they must have been talking about it. Sometimes I don't yeah. know where these things come from. But, well, I do yeah. know, <laughs> but what I do know is that there are times when Jason and Justin disagree on something. Yes. And Sandy, you are the saving grace. Like a lot well, of times you'll kind of help oh, Jason God. understand Justin's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, thank God for you. Um, they kind of come around and they start to see eye to eye again. So whatever you're saying to Jason, I appreciate it. I just want to thank you publicly.
1: Yes, <laughs> on well, the podcast. And, and likewise, <laughs> I know that Jason, I, cause I've worked with him. I know it yeah. is. he is not an easy person to work with cause he's just so set in his ways. And, yeah. um, you know, we were going back and forth about the microphone situation for <sighs> this, uh, recording of us three girls and, um, Because I know, um, Georgie, you guys don't have internet in your new place yet. Not yet. And Justin keeps saying, well, why can't we all just be in the same room? And like we're talking over coffee. And <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work, you know. And, and I said to him, I said, well, I don't see why that's not going to work. I mean, if we're on different headsets, certainly that you'll pick up the uh, other person's voice and there'll be a weird echo like when you're talking, uh, you know, in an, an international phone call. Yeah. Um, but I said, so I, I don't understand if, if we're just sitting in front of a microphone, why, why wouldn't that work? And so he's like, all
0: right, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sound is just like you. I know. So, uh, I'll go send Justin an email and tell him if he wants to get a multi-directional mic, he you know. I'm like, whatever. I just tech
2: drama. Yes,
3: <laughs> tech snobbery.
2: Oh my
1: gosh. That the thing yeah. is,
2: the thing that's funny about this is like Jason and Justin will get into it about something. They'll disagree, but I am so much like Jason. Like I'm such a type a personality. I'm (laughs) so I can be so controlling. Like I fully admit that there are times when I just, I stubbornly want it my own way. I can't explain why, I just want it a certain way. And so I I empathize so much with Jason on some of these things that I'm telling (laughs) Justin, but you know how you can be, Jay. You know how you can be. (laughs) You have to understand Mm -hmm. how he's experiencing you. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And sometimes (laughs) he sees it Jason's way and other times he doesn't. And they just kind of go off and get broody and somehow like get
1: over it, like guys do. I yeah. love
3: like doing, like, couples therapy for and <laughs> <destiny>, Jason.
1: <laughs> and and it's true, you know, because Jason will come and talk to me about they had this, you know, they don't see eye to eye on a particular coding technique or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, so he'll tell me and rah, 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 rah. And, um, uh, <laughs> and I just, Jason, just, you know, I, I don't understand why you have to always take the the long road. Why can't you just... You know, he always talks about the MVP, you know, the minimum viable product. Yeah. But I don't I see any any time when he's ever put out a minimum viable product. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, and- we
2: tell it to them straight because we know them so well, you know, know. that's why they married us.
1: right exactly I I feel like it's my marital duty to bring him back down to earth sometimes (laughs) yeah yeah but it's funny I mean I don't know if the texting
2: listeners know how often Justin and Jason actually bicker about things but it Mm -hmm. happens sometimes I mean it does definitely and it goes on for a few days like they'll get to a certain point where they just can't talk about it anymore because they're just not going to agree about it and then Mm -hmm. they go off and Justin's like oh my gosh like I made him so mad like I don't know what I'm gonna do how am I gonna talk to him again and I'm like don't worry Sandy's talking to him about it it's fine (laughs) and then Justin will bounce things off of me and I'll say well you have to understand Jason's perspective you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it makes
1: me thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it
2: makes me think about an agency I used to work for. We would put in so many hours there. You know, we we're working with kids and families, a lot of crisis, long hours. We'd often see the people we work with in teams a lot more than we'd see our own families at home. Like we'd be working, I don't know, 80, 90 hours a week. So, we developed this term for like your best friend at work who you talk to all the time and you kind of pal around with and you share like all your Intimate, you know, details of what's going on with work and stuff like that. We call that your work wife. So, I think Justin has a work wife. (laughs) I almost have a (laughs) name. Jason. (laughs) So I always
1: say things like, "Hey, how's the work wife doing?" (laughs) I don't think Jason is really funny. Yeah, they do. They do disagree, and um, there has been times when. It, it has taken a while to actually come to an agreement. And I always try to be very objective, even though sometimes I think Jason wants me to be, um, you know, a hundred percent on his side, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's very rational um, as, as heated as he gets about the things that he cares about. He is ultimately very rational. And so, yeah. you know, if I can like, okay, so what's really at the heart of this issue? and, you know, what is Justin really concerned about? And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I can talk to him, and I can't even talk to him about it in one sitting because it's just not, not pleasant. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes it takes me a while to kind of get through to him. And, you know, honey, maybe you should, you know, loosen the reins a little bit here. And, um, you know, but they always work it out. Yeah, I think it's mainly
2: that they just have different styles of working and I think they have different preferences about how to go about a project, um, which both of them think that their way is the right way um, sometimes. So really, AnyFoo has been an interesting endeavor to see how they're going to make it work. Like when they first said, let's do AnyFoo, I thought wow, that's great. That could be a lot of balance or that could be a lot of conflict. I don't really know how it's going to go. So, I mean, I think for the most part, they moved along steadily. It's just that other things have come up and kind of delayed, like Mm -hmm. how fast it's getting done. But Sandy, it sounds like you're a
1: little bit frustrated. You'd like to see any food like out there already. Totally. Yeah, totally. I would, you know, and um, you know, Jason's always like, well, we just need to do this one more thing. And, it, you know, it has to be perfect. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I get it that you, you don't want to put out a product that has all kinds of bugs. And but does it really need all the bells and whistles? Um, we had this discussion when he was working on Prezo, that uh, web-based PowerPoint. Had it over and over and over again because he wanted to make it exactly like PowerPoint. And every single feature that PowerPoint had, he had to have too. And his first idea when he started this was a, um, a, like a shared whiteboard, you know, so that you could Hmm. be talking with somebody and you could both, you know, put, uh, you know, either write on the whiteboard or put up a picture on the whiteboard or something like that. so, So you could have a productive kind of a conversation. And so that's how it started and it it just really kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger. and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm always just kind of pushing him to keep it simple. You know, tell me what the few features that you really, really need to have, although what Jason's opinion of what features you really, really need to have are, I think, different than mine, <laughs> in, in my professional opinion, right? Um, yeah. You know, Um So yeah, I would like to see it it released because I think it could be great and um, um, let's just get it going, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't make mean to make it sound
2: like any food's not already out there because it's already out there and they've got they've got some people who are connecting Mm -hmm. on it and working consulting already. Mm -hmm. Um, You just like to see it kind of pushed pushed out, you know, more fully. But, um, yeah. Sherry, Sherry, I was curious if Rob has a work wife, like a go-to person that he, you know, looks up when he's having a hard time with something or needs advice, or is he the work wife of a lot of other people?
3: I think he is polygamous. In his <laughs> work wives. It's a little scandalous. Um, well, he, yeah, he does the podcast with a man named Mike Tabor and they've been working together for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, so he has that, that work wife, so to speak. And then um, he also has a great friendship with Ruben Gomez, who I think Rob sort of started m- mentoring Ruben, and now Ruben is re- mentoring Rob right back. Um, <laughs> so... So, yeah, there's there's a broad network of people, um, some of whom I've met and some of whom I haven't. And sometimes it feels kind of funny to have these people have pretty significant input into his life when, like, I don't even know them and I've never <laughs> met them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, it's he's it's been really, really helpful, like I was saying earlier, for him to have a community and to have people to ask questions to and just fight yeah. with and, like, have these more in-depth discussions because, you know, they're not always discussions I can have with them.
1: Yeah.
2: But um do you also feel like Rob kind of comes to you as a sounding board and like, you know, after dinner and there's time, he's kind of debriefing on how things are going with a particular project and stuff like that. Does
3: that happen? Yeah, definitely. I, he, Rob is absolutely an extrovert. And so for him to work at home all day, um, mostly by himself. You know, he'll go to lunch with people a couple times a week, but in, for the most part, he's, you know, in a room by himself. So when I get home, it's like he has to, he's so much to say, so much he's been holding on to and thinking about. Um, so we do, we do do a lot of talking, and I have been, you know, involved in all of the big decisions about whether to buy or sell something or, um, you know, managing those really big choices. But in general, I, you know, it's probably his, his polygamist <laughs> um, gives him a lot of the, the day-to-day feedback.
2: Yeah. I think it's good that they have these networks because I, I wouldn't want all the pressure on me to constantly weigh in, um, on all of these big decisions. Cause it does feel sometimes like they're monumental. Like it does, a simple yes or no can sometimes change the direction of what Justin's doing for the next six months to a year or even longer. So, um, you know, I'd like other people who know more about the tech sphere than me to be able to give him that input. But I think Justin definitely defers and, and consults with me at the end of the day to, you know, this is going to affect us. So I'm I'm glad that all three of our guys definitely Mm -hmm. do that. They include us, you know, they make sure that we're informed um, or in some cases in Sandy and Jason's marriage, you know, Sandy is like the manager of what's happening. Like, come on Jason, let's do this. Um, so it's good to see us like involved in that way. I wasn't sure how involved you, you guys got, um, in those things, or if you preferred to just, you know, kind of stay out of it and let them get on with it. So it sounds like overall, they really take our, take our opinion seriously, which is nice to hear
1: yeah I think so. I think so. um it is really nice to have the whole network of of the podcast It, it does feel like a family. I know that uh, when Jason and Justin went up to microconf, he just he just loved it, you know because um had such a great time going out to dinner with the uh, texting listeners I, I can't remember where they went pink taco or something like that and <laughs> I, I remember. I think it was maybe the first time that they went to MicroConf and they were all sitting around, you know, having drinks and dinner. And this is when they really hashed out the any concept. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then it was then that it really kind of focused them and, and clarified their, their vision for it. And that's really, um, that you know, started the whole building process of it. But I, I love having the network. It's great that uh, our old friends listen to it, and it's, it's, you know, Jason and Justin. I think have had the opportunity to meet some fascinating people who are doing just amazing things in the world, and it's really inspiring.
2: Yeah, I think it makes me feel like we live in a bigger world in mm-hmm. some ways because you know the internet is known for bringing people together you know that live you know across continents from each other and things like that but but just to feel like you're you know very very close to a group of people who are all um, I don't know, innovating they're all, they're all creative yeah um, I think that's why I say I think Justin's done better than he ever has since he got to America because it's mm-hmm. brought him that much closer to just get talking to people. He's more public than he used to be. And I like, I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that's, that's very different for, that's a different experience than what we had before. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it is really important to, to get out, especially guys like ours. And Jason does the same thing as Rob, you know, he's got his office at home. He works by himself. Um, and uh you know he does go out to lunch with people a couple times a week exactly the same but um I mean, it's really important to kind of get out in the world, you know, get out of your nerd hole, and um, you know, (laughs) I hope I'm not offending anybody with that, but that's that's what we call the office is the nerd hole. Um, I'm right there with you, you know, and it's just so wonderful that that they have developed this network of people that they can socialize with and bounce ideas off of and be inspired by, and and likewise be able to do the same thing for other people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Justin is kind of signaling to me that we've got, um, oh, okay. He, at first he said five more minutes. Now he's saying, keep going as long as we want. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks. I've got my other producer here. Who's giving me notes. Um, oh, okay. So when we finish, I just have to say that's a wrap,
1: right? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how Jason ends show okay well maybe i'll let sandy do that okay
2: (laughs) but i just wanted to ask like um i I don't know like you just mentioned the nerd hole so it made me think of Mm -hmm. like the general geekiness of the guys (laughs) we're married to um would you describe your husbands as geeks and if so what's like the geekiest thing that they do um or like the geekiest moment? because i think justin is a huge geek um I'm a bit of a nerd, like I'm just kind of book smart and stuff, but there's things that he does where I'm just like, wow, that was a total geek moment. Um, And I was just curious whether you ever had geek moments in your home.
3: One of the geek things that's causing me to roll my eyes a lot lately (laughs) is like the the total proliferation of geek t-shirts. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, Gosh. t-shirts, t-shirts with sayings written in binary, um, Uh T-shirts with words comprised totally of formulas. Um,
1: I mean, like the, like the T-shirt that has the Milky Way galaxy on it and with the "You Are Here" arrow towards, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah, like he had
3: a shirt, and I, I, I. Like seriously, made him change before we went out the other day. He's wearing a shirt awesome. that has an image from Old Oregon Trail. That says, "You have died of dysentery." I was like, "You are not wearing that to dinner!" Oh my god! I, I, just, I yeah, love the man, but I'm, I'm like regulated on the wardrobe. Like there, we I, cannot have so many shirt references okay. at first. like there's just too many
2: yes I <laughs> definitely can relate to being married to a geek and feeling like a personal stylist at times just having yeah. to having to weigh in and kind of go no just shake your head
1: <laughs> exactly Jason sort of has the the uniform we call it it's it's a pair of uh, cargo shorts and usually a cobalt t-shirt, his old soccer team t-shirt. And uh-huh. I go out and buy him clothes because he's also been banned from any sort of shopping establishment. And that's better for both of us. But, and I will literally go back and exchange things a number oh of times God. then take him to the store with me. Oh. It just, I, can't, I can't shop with him. And so I'll just come home with clothes that I think he would look nice in. And, (laughs) um, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And it was just the other day when I brought home a a shirt that was, you know, a step above the cobalt t-shirt and he was sort of undecided about it. And I said, all right, honey, you have until, um, and this was last week, I said, you have until Monday afternoon to make a decision. And if you don't, I will. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> needless to say, it's now hanging up in his closet. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Justin just goes with the general uniform of a black t-shirt and jeans. Um, that's it. He'll just buy like 20 mm-hmm. black t-shirts at a time. And i just want to know why these guys, they don't want to think about what they're wearing. Like it it's nice to wear colors. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it is nice to wear colors. I agree I with that. So. <laughs> this is too funny. I thought I was the only woman in the world that was trying to add some flair to my husband's wardrobe. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs>
3: well I'm kind of trying to take some flair back. Like they're just a little too much flair for me. Yeah.
2: Alternative flair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Geek flair.
2: <laughs> what about like the, the media they consume? So yeah, they're, they are on a lot of like the hacker news sites and sites mm-hmm. that are talking about what's happening in tech and, and the, the other podcasts out there and that sort of thing. But what about like what they watch on TV or the movies they're into? Like Justin tends to like the sci-fi channel and stuff that has the word star in the title. Oh, <laughs> Just anything right. with star in the title, basically like Star Wars, Star, you know, Battlestar Galactica, anything with star. So, and I don't watch those shows. Um, I'm not into that kind of stuff, even though I respect people who do. But, like, he would much rather go and see, like, the new alien film, um, Prometheus, oh. Oh, over God, anything else that's terrible. that's going on. And I want to see a rom-com. So, we have so many disagreements about this stuff. Does that ever happen to you guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the was two hours in my life. I'm never going <laughs> back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Jason, we we watch the Science Channel quite a uh-huh. bit. They have some some interesting shows. Uh, you know, like the Universe, or because Colby's kind of interested in that kind of thing too. So sometimes they watch that stuff together, and um, he he watches that. But we also he's going to. Kill me for saying this, but um, we also just finished watching The Bachelorette. (laughs) And I watched it, but since I'm watching it when he's there, and he's usually reading, you know, one of his many articles that he's printed out in the evening, and and he'll be like, wait a minute, what did she say? Or who's that guy, and where are they going on their date? What's his deal? You know, and so he actually. You know, when the final was on, he's like, wait for me. I wanna I I wanna see what I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are shows he refuses to watch, like uh-huh. Glee that I love. Oh and, yeah. And and I just don't understand why, because I will watch his shows like X-Files and Fringe and yeah, fringe. Lost and stuff like I'll watch- we'll make that part of our primetime lineup, but he won't watch any of the shows that I really like that are you know girly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you got him to watch the bachelorette that's amazing actually i did i
3: I mean it's it that's
1: good tv come on yes no
3: one would question that (laughs) i did get rob into project runway that's his uh his
1: girly addiction (laughs) thank god for bravo network (laughs) totally (laughs) Give us gives us moments with our husbands, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I there's so many geek things that Justin does that I can't even think of them all right now. But um, there definitely are a lot of these moments where I'm like, you you just went like you just missed me completely. Like I I have no (laughs) idea what you're talking about.
1: He went full geek on you.
2: Yeah, stuff like that. Like he'll be so excited about something. Oh, gee, I just heard a report where they cloned like. Two rats and da, da 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 da,
1: and he's going on and on about it. And it's just the level of excitement that he has about this stuff, and the breadth, I think, of subjects that that he gets excited about. You know, I mean, he'll he'll read articles on you know some sort of government thing, UFO thing, biology thing, and um, tech thing, and I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, oh, and he's really interested in. Um, you know, uh, different alternative methods for education these days. And so, I mean, he just goes on and on about, and, and he will research this stuff voraciously, you know, he will really dig deep into it. And, you know, I, I just kind of get the the headline version of it, but he just goes on and on and it's hard to keep up with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think
2: sometimes, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what I I kind of wonder what draws us to these geeks. Like, what is it about us that caused us to find these particular men? Like maybe that's a deeper question. We don't have time Hmm. to talk about it all today, but you know, I think of myself as like somebody who's very much a people person. I like talking to people. I like being out there. I like to know what's going on in relationships and stuff. Justin's good at that, but he really could care less about it a lot of the time. I mean, we have friends mm-hmm. that we haven't spoken to in a couple of years, you know, because it's just like, yeah, we'll catch up with them later. Uh, there's a lot more going on that I need to get done now and stuff like that. So I think his priorities are much more like about gadgets and things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he really likes working, solving problems um, like putting together those types of connections, like technical connections, Mm -hmm. um, mathematical connections, things like that, rather than, you know, what's going on on the bachelorette, which seems like riveting to me because it's about (laughs) human nature and Mm -hmm. and personalities and psychology (laughs) and all of that stuff. What's going on between people. So I wonder if like, I wanted somebody who was much less about that and he wanted somebody that was much more about that or something. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I think one of the, the great things about being married to a geek is that, <laughs> let me think about how to say this right, <laughs> but like all of that kind of energy and passion and interest that goes into these ideas and the enthusiasm around that, like Rob generally has for, for me and for our family, like mm. there's this level of like obsessive <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and faithfulness. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. a lot of like really great qualities that I think like the stick to and the creativity and like the, really the obsessiveness that goes into <laughs> making these guys like good at the work that they do, like has some really advantages for relationships when it's like, when it's targeted the right way.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause
3: yeah, I've just I don't know. I've just been really. It's really fun to be married to Rob. Like he's pretty. <laughs> he's a pretty good husband. But it's just, he's not. You know, he's not distracted. <laughs> he's he's only got <laughs> in his life for for one girl, and that's me. And you yeah. know, he's mm-hmm. fanatic about her kids. And it's definitely like a quirky obsessiveness that works well for for me. <laughs> like I can yeah. handle that. It's good. <laughs> So there's, yeah, there's some redeeming qualities. <laughs> yeah, I think,
2: think that geeks true. definitely have strengths. You know, I think that there's a lot of strengths that go, go along with being a geek. I mean, I think a lot of the the energy that Justin doesn't expend socially, he can expend directly, like you said, directly into what he's building. So it's sort of like uh, he's picking and choosing how he chooses to spend his energy. And he doesn't have to deal with like systemic, company-wide you know, things mm-hmm. that you have to do just because you work in a company, which is like, make sure you submit that form or you get that approval from somebody. <laughs> There's none of that like
1: you intermediary don't, You, you don't make him write up his TPS reports?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I have enough paperwork in my job.
1: <laughs> I don't need to bring that home. Um, but
2: yeah, I think I think you bring up a really good point, which is they're their own boss. And I think that's important to men in particular. I mean, I know it's important to a lot of women, but... I think with Justin in particular, he really wants to be his own boss because he wants to have that kind of resp- responsibility and that kind of feeling like I created something and now people are out there using it and it's helping people and people feel good about it and they like what I've done. So he get, he doesn't have to share that necessarily with anybody, but when he's working on a team, he loves sharing it. It's just at the end of the day, it was his idea. So you know, it's like he birthed something, um,
3: (laughs) that he's really excited about, you know, it's, I mean, it's really great to see someone just love what they're doing and love the ingenuity and the freedom to, to keep trying and to figure out how to, I don't know, like make their own thing. I think it's Mm -hmm. really cool to be around that, even if you're not directly doing it yourself.
2: I guess that kind of puts in perspective the, the focus that they have going back to that issue about them being so focused, they kind of forget about other stuff going on <laughs> around them. Um, I once remember Justin working with somebody, I can't remember who it was, but this guy, I mean, he, it was someone who was obviously like a, a coder programmer. Um, and he said something along the lines of why does my wife ask me to empty the dishwasher right now? Like she, I'm at home, you know, I'm at home and I'm doing this and this and that and I'm working and then all of a sudden she needs something to be done right now. Like why does it need to be done right now? Can't she see that this is what I'm doing or something like that? And I think sometimes it's helpful to be with a a psychology wife or an empathic wife because sometimes we are mind readers, like we can see that going on mm-hmm. um, and like we know when to back off and we know when to like let go of some things. Um, I, I think that sounds kind of clear to me from talking to you two, like mm-hmm. maybe the mind reading element we're able to do helps us stay in tune with our husbands and gives them the space they need to just get on with things. Would you agree with that or am I totally off base here? What yeah, do you
1: think, I, would, I would agree. I would. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Completely, I think you're right on with that. I think you know it. I I spend quite a lot of time trying to make it easy for Justin. Oh, no, I'm Jeez, Louise. <laughs> you do make it easier for Justin. <laughs>
2: <Cut>. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Don't worry. To Married
3: too.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna start over with that one. Okay. I spend quite a lot of time <laughs> trying to make things really easy for Jason so that he can get done the things that he he feels like he needs to. I think that's a big reason why I'm happy to take on most of the household type managerial type duties. I'll even do the research into booking his trips up to San Francisco, you know, just because I know that he doesn't want to expend his brain power and time doing that kind of a thing. And I can do it easily. Um, so uh, I, I have no problem. And, and I'm happy to try to think about, okay, what does he need to be able to work more efficiently? And I'll just take care of it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a real partnership what the two of you have going on. Mm-hmm. It really sounds like, you know, there is an element of mind reading there in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh, you're thinking ahead to what would be easiest for Jason so that he can just keep plugging along and and transitions happen smoothly.
1: Does Mm -hmm. he appreciate it? Yes. Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) No, I, yeah, we we do. We have a a great division of labor and um, we have a great working relationship, even though, We did actually work together in the same room, and we still got married after that. Um, (laughs) You survived. (laughs) We survived it, and we've survived him working at home for the last 15 years. And and I think it is because of that. We do have a very clear division of labor, and I always try to be very conscious of what he's doing. And on the flip side, he's very supportive of what I want to do. I mean, I need to get out of the house, uh, and do some of my own thinking for a little bit. And I've put my effort into volunteering with the junior league. And, um, you know, I have meetings at night and that means that he has to try to feed the kids and get them to bed. And, um, you know, but he's very willing to do that because I think it's so important that you just have to recognize what, your husband or partner needs, and try your best to give it to him. Because I don't think it's a good idea to try to change somebody who is ingrained in their personality so strongly as our husbands have. You mm-hmm. can't change that. You'll just make them miserable. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I about- love the way that you're describing that kind of partnership. Because I, I, I'm sort of hearing it in all three of of the coupleships we're talking about. But there is that. There's a dance. There's a partnership. There's sort of this view of marriage that's like my job as your spouse is to help you flourish. And mm-hmm. and when you really give that to someone, I think they, you know, they give it back just inadvertently. That's yeah. just how it works. And
2: mm-hmm. it's,
3: it's a neat dance. Do you
2: think that process
3: is heightened because
2: our guys do work at home? And so we're they're there. I mean, they're not going anywhere else. We might go out to an <laughs> office or Sandy, you might head out to get your junior league stuff done, but they're there all the time. I think Justin would say like, I like having Georgie around,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: sometimes he doesn't like having me around cause I'm on his case, but you know, I think he likes being at home cause that's kind of his hub. And I wonder if that sense of partnership and and anticipating what's what's needing to happen, what needs to be done, making their lives easier, not because we're trying to serve them or subservient to them, just because it helps things flow, and then they can do similar things for us. Um, do you think that happens more because they're at home as appo- as opposed to going to a nine to five?
1: It probably does force it because we just have a small little place, and I mean we're we're together literally all the time. Yeah so. Yeah. I definitely think that that makes a difference. I think another part
3: of it is sort of the risk of being an entrepreneur and the decision as a couple to say, we're going to do this. that I th- We're in it together. This, yeah. yeah. This level of buy-in and commitment mm-hmm. that um, that you have to have in order to make it work, I think, in order to be okay with that kind of risk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that creates a kind of, you know, you need closeness. You need to be together. You are together in that, but you also, like you guys have also both said, you find ways to be separate too, because for our own sanity and our own health, and I'm sure for our husbands as well, we need separateness, um, you know, to find that balance too. I think if I didn't find ways to be separate from Justin, I'd probably start going a little bit crazy just because I don't want to live through him. I want to be supportive yeah. of him, but I don't want to live through him. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I want, I, I still want my own life separate from what he's working on or where the direction we're trying to go, you know, financially or what have you. So do do right. you guys feel that way too?
1: Yeah, I'm more than happy to go along for the ride for sure. Um, but I, you know, I just need to have my own accomplishments and my own things to think about do you have to go, Sandy? I have to pick up Colby in a little bit. He's at a, a, a flight engineering camp thing. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course
1: <yeah. laughs> okay,
2: that's great. Um, so why don't we kind of start wrapping things up? Were, th- were there anything, any other questions, like burning questions that you ladies had or anything else that you wanted
1: to mention before we before we finish up? i just like to kind of thank all the texting listeners. It's, it's been a lot of fun hearing everybody's stories and everybody's feedback. And I know that Jason appreciates all the positive things that he hears back. And, and I think it's just such a wonderful um, thing to, to have the great and uh, dedicated listeners that, that the texting audience is. That was so nicely said, Sandy. <laughs> thank you. I'm a junior leaguer. I'm great at thank yous. <laughs> that was very I, nice. I, I would write everybody a, a handwritten note if I could, but um, I won't. But no, it, yeah, I, I, I'm I, really um, thankful for just the um, dedication of the listeners. Yeah, yeah, I would echo
2: that. And I also, like, I listen to texting myself, so I, I think I I don't know if people realize how much work goes into preparing for texting behind the scenes. Um, So like, I just kind of appreciate the stuff Jason and Justin both put into it. Um, I think Jason may do a little bit more prep than Justin does
1: sometimes. And yeah, he's, laughing. Just, he's laughing so over much. there in the
3: corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but Justin um, does so much more on the on the back end and the production side.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely like a team effort. And I just I really admire the fact that they are disciplined enough to sit down and do it every week. And I hope the listeners, you know, are benefiting from that. I hope that they continue to like it and listen.
3: Mm-hmm. And you guys should be congratulated on your 200th episode. Yes, definitely, Jason and Justin, and, and you too, because we know that you're you're the supporting cast. So well done, ladies.
2: Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on and talking today. It was really nice to hear some of your insights, and I definitely feel like I know Jason and Rob a little bit better than I already
1: do. That was very cool. <laughs> All right, yeah, that so was a lot of fun. We'll get back together for the four hundredth episode. We'll do the four hundredth ep- episode, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so take um, care. <laughs> thank you, and right, uh, and uh, that's a wrap. Yes, <laughs> yay! <laughs> All right, ladies, take care. Talk to you later.